Hello and welcome to the Mind Your Leadership podcast. I'm Karen Tsuk and today I will speak with Aga and Lucas Shostek. Aga and Lucas host their own podcast called Catching the Next Wave, in which in the podcast they inspire leaders to reflect on the possibilities and challenges of 21st century leadership. In this podcast, I will bring a part of a conversation we had when I was in interviewed about leadership in the 21st century. So stay with us. So absolutely awesome to have you with us today. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, Karen, there are so many definitions of leadership, aren't they? What's yours? So the definition I most identify with is leading by example. It's the, the ability to change process in the culture, in the organization, uh, and disrupt the culture, actually, and do something different. So for example, if there's a culture that they don't tend to talk, to be vulnerable and to be authentic. So as a leader, I will expect the leader to be vulnerable, to show vulnerability, to be authentic and to change the way people communicate in the culture. So this is for me what leadership means, disrupting the status quo. Mm-hmm. There is there is a lot of talk about the authentic leader, leadership. Uh, I I've seen books about it. I've seen articles on the internet about it, discussions, presentations, and so on. And I don't get it. Isn't every leadership authentic to an extent? I think in order to be a leader, you need to be authentic. Because what does it mean being authentic? It's be, it means being connected to your inner values, your belief system and acting upon it. There are people who are, are not walking the talk, you know, they're saying one thing, but acting differently. So people feel it and they won't go after them because at the end of the day, we give our attention to the intention from what people are acting, not what they're saying. And if there's not an alignment between what they say and how they act, people won't engage with them. So I, I think at the end of the day, yes, in order to be a leader, you need to be authentic. You need to, to walk the talk. You need to lead by example. For me, mindful leadership, it's as the same as authentic leadership because as we are more mindful and listening to our deeper wisdom, to our values, to our ethics, we are more connected to this and then we can uh, communicate from an authentic place with other people. So it's the same for me. It's not a different aspect. It's to increase our connection to ourselves and to others from the authentic place. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but just but just to get the definitions right. So if if you are not an authentic leader, but mm-hmm. you are still positioned in high in some organization. So what what is what is the opposite of that? Let's talk about the traditional leadership versus the the new leadership and how it's changing. Okay. So All right. Yeah. The traditional leadership is what you talked about. It's based on hierarchical relationship. It's based upon my title. I'm the manager, so I'm I'm the boss. It's based upon authority. It's one-liner communication. So it's like a, in the army, you know, a commander. I'm telling you what to do, and you need to do it, okay? So it's based upon the traditional leadership. It's based on external source of power, okay? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> However, we are 
in a transformation, not only in the midst of the COVID transformation, the global transformation, also in the, the business world, the workplace is changing. There is a new generation, the Y generation, the Z generation, they are looking for different things. They are looking for self-fulfillment, for meaningfulness, to find their integration between their private life and the work. So we need to engage them from different places. The way leaders acted till now doesn't serve them anymore because this new generation doesn't cooperate with it. Mm-hmm. So as the new leadership, we need to be able to create relationship based on trust and partnership. We need to be able to engage people from a deeper place, from a meaningful place for them. We need to embrace the growth mindset to invent, to reinvent ourselves, right? We're in the midst of the transformation. So business owners need to reinvent themselves. Individuals need to reinvent themselves. They need to reinvent the product, the processes. So we need to learn how to try new things, sometimes succeed, sometimes fail and continue on. Okay, if I don't succeed, it doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It means that I tried something and didn't work for me and I'm continue on. This is versus the fixed mindset that said that if I didn't succeed, it, I'm a failure. So I won't try anything else. So actually, this is the new leadership, the ability to be agile, to adapt, to engage with people from a deeper place. So it's actually, as I see it, it's based upon our internal source of power, our internal strengths. We need to increase our social skills in order to engage people. So for me, a manager that is a senior, I'm not sure he's a leader. The fact that he's a boss and he has a title, I don't think he's the new leader. Okay, he's not a leader. So a leader for me is a person that is really connected to himself. He knows to listen, to engage people, to inspire others. It's not the difference between the ten. It's different between being a manager or a leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Leadership, actually, that we are t- going toward. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm totally agreeing with you that the new generations and even us, you know, like just understanding that we can be led in different ways. We tend to disagree with being managed, being told and all these things. However, if we look around, most of the companies are still operating in this 20th century model of industrial complex where people are seen as cogs in the machine. Is this pandemic speeding up this change, accelerating it? We're in the midst of the transformation. And I think this pandemic, in one of my lectures, they asked me, what do you think is the lesson of leaders nowadays from the pandemic? My answer was to pause and listen, and <laughs> really listen what the customer needs from them, what the employees need from them, what their community needs for them, to be as a servant to their community. So I must say that I th- I'm not sure... I don't know. I'm in Israel, so I think we're in the startup nation and there's a lot of advanced leadership. Although, yes, there's things that must be changed. But as I see it in Israel, there is a sense of the importance of the employees to see the complete person, to enable them to bring themselves to the workplace much more fully. And it can be in a... increasing their wellness, you know, bringing in some yoga and meditation to them. Workplace, but beyond that, I think leaders and managers understand that employees won't stay with them if they won't invest in them, if they won't see them, if they won't enable them to grow and they will enable them learning opportunities. Because there's a lot of options out, out there. So 
I think it started before the coronavirus, actually, and we go in tower there. But now when we are working remotely from Zoom, they must even engage more in this aspect to engage the employees because it's even more challenging because they don't see them. And each and every one is really lonely working from home. So I see that the small gesture that they're trying to engage people like they're giving them to make their own office and to paint their walls in whatever color they want and to arrange meetings, to connect together. So I think even needed more nowadays and leaders need to put more energy in this place to engage the people. And I think another thing that the coronavirus is doing, it's moving people out of the comfort zone, right? Because people are going out of their workplace. They don't have work anymore. They need to reinvent themselves to find their purpose. So I think this is also the corona is doing. It's making us pause and look for our added value, for what makes me passion waking up in the morning. You know, I just had a conversation with a colleague here. So we talked about the fact that we said, wow, you know, it's really amazing that we doing what we love. We're passionate about what we love. We're waking in the morning and we're enjoying. It's like fun for us. It's We are walking and having fun at the same time. But not all of the people are living this way. So I, I think it's really a privilege to live this way. And I think this is part of the coronavirus came to say, okay, stop, pause. Now we will have more time, leisure time. So maybe see what you want to do in order to fulfill yourself, to, to be passionate about. And maybe you want to change a job, deliver something else or, or change a, a job in your company in order to really fulfill yourself. So I think this is part of the process as I see it. Mm-hmm. So your PhD was about the different aspects that make the 21st century leaders be successful leaders. And one is mindfulness. Uh, and we will get to this. But I was curious, what were the other things? So actually, I found in my PhD, I did a case study. I was two years in a high tech company because I was really interested to see what's happening when the theory meets the practical life. So I find three characteristics of mindful leadership. First of all, is being mindful and present in the year now. The second one is actually based upon the first one, the ability of the leaders to hold the tension. What does it mean? It's actually a paradoxical leadership. Okay, because think about it. The modern organization, we have a lot of tensions. It's a tension between the short term and the long term, between quality and speed, between the employees' needs and the organization needs between the rationality and the emotionality. We have a lot of tensions. So, and usually when we have a problem or an issue that we need to solve, we act usually more of the same, right? I had a solution, so I will continue with the solution, but it's not always the accurate solution. And the ability of the leader to be mindful and to hold the tension between the needs of the organization and the needs of the employee, and really listen and be present with the unknown. For a moment, you don't know the answer and it's okay. And it's, we don't like to be there, right? We, li we like to be in control. But the ability to be mindful and hold the tension and be present in the unknown and really listen to the different voices enable to create a, a creative and the accurate solution. So this is the second characteristic of the leadership. And the last characteristic that I found is the being as a servant. In the past, you know, we saw being a servant, something like in the call centers, right? But the pyramid is now it's opposite. For me to be as a leader, I need to think how I'm going to serve my employees. 
how I'm going to enable them to flourish, grow and, and thrive in my organization? How can they fulfill themselves? As a leader, I need to think, what product should I develop in order to serve my clients? Not the opposite way around. What product should I develop in order to make more money? No, the money will come afterwards. But first of all, we need to think about how can I serve my clients? What are their needs? And how can I help them with their needs? And also with my community. How can I serve my community? And working from this place is a new paradigm. It's the people, planet, profit paradigm. It's mm -hmm. a broader paradigm. It's not only, okay, as a business owner, how do I do more money now? No, money is important. It's the fuel of the business, but it's not only the essence. The essence is how can I serve my employee customers and community? And from this place, I can make money and I can do good things for my planet that I'm living in. So for, for example, when the coronavirus started, all of us were a little bit sh shocked, I was. So I didn't do what to do with myself because I was working offline, lecturing and uh, facilitating courses and uh, consulting. And I remember that I went to sleep and I asked myself, okay, what should I do now? How can I serve my community? And when I woke up, I had the answer because I have a community we engage every month to continue learning, being together and learning. And then I understood that now I need to open the meetings, my community meetings to everybody, not only to my community, and to increase the meetings. So I had two meetings a week and offer people to engage, to have, learn new skills, to talk about the situation, to be with people in order to serve them. And this is what I had in mind. You know, I didn't think, okay, I, I'm going to bring more clients. But the paradoxical thing is, that people who were in the community were people who work in an organization, and then they asked me to bring it to the organization. So in this way, you know, I also had clients from this way, but it's not, it wasn't my first goal. So this is what I'm talking about, the broader picture, the ability to hold a broader picture beyond the bottom line. It's not that I'm saying the bottom line, it's not important. It is important, but it's one aspect of the... Mm -hmm. It's a tool, right? Mm -hmm. You mentioned something that I find very interesting or very stimulating for myself, mm -hmm. which is holding the tension. And I also call it sitting with the problem that, of course, as humans, we have this tendency of jumping into conclusions, which is the mm -hmm. evolutionary thing that... If we were chased by a sable-teeth tiger on the prairie, you, we didn't have much time for pondering the problem. Uh, we, were, we had to look for a solution either to hide or kill it. And we have this tendency of jumping into the first solution and following through with this. And especially right now when the times are you know, constantly accelerating and it seems like if we don't have those, all those answers immediately we will be taken by the competition and basically made irrelevant. How do you convince the leaders that you are working with to hold that particular tension and to just give it a moment? So actually, I don't usually convince nobody. I can <laughs> share my opinion, show them another viewpoint, but at the end of the day, each and every one is responsible to what he feels like acting upon, but I can bring my viewpoint. How do I convince them? I don't really convince them, but I, when I'm with them, I invite them to listen to their employees, to create meetings in which they don't come with an agenda, with a solution already, because then it's a waste of time for everybody. But if they really have a problem or something they want to reflect upon, so to invite people to come 
fully. You know, in my PhD, actually, I founded a central tool for leaders nowadays. I called it dialogue spaces. What does it mean? It means creating mindful communication. It's inviting people to a space in which you are listening fully from your mind, but also with open heart and being mindful to what arises. You're not coming with your agenda and with an attachment to your solution. No, putting your assumption aside, you can say what you feel about this issue, what you think, but then listen to other people and, you know, give space. And I always tell leaders, you can say in advance, it's okay that we won't get to a solution in this meeting. Let's be present with this meeting. And paradoxical way, the fact that we give space, sometimes the solution emerges in a really quick way, you know, because of the space. So I really invite them to be present also with the feeling. It's not a common practice because people don't feel like being vulnerable, but to invite people to talk about what they feel about the situation, how they see it, and being able to hold this place. And it's not an easy place to be in the uncertain with the different voices, and then a solution can emerge. And I saw it in the company I was there for two years. They had a lot of these kinds of dialogue spaces. It was amazing. Because then, it's, again, it's a paradoxical. It's also controlled because we arrange these groups, you know, because in organization, you can go everywhere and say what you feel, okay? Because the organization will collapse, the culture. But when you, you create safe spaces, so you hold them, you're in control, and at the same time, you enable them to be authentic and be in a conflict and bring their different voices to the table. So you also hold in the space, but you give space for this place. And then people can engage from different places and can say, okay, I don't, I don't agree with this pattern because it doesn't serve us anymore. Okay, let's understand why. So they don't need to be defensive and offensive to what emerges. So this is actually the practical tool that I'm bringing nowadays to organization, helping leaders be there, helping in order to be there, the leader is, is self need to be there, to be able to contain this uncomfortable feeling. Because when we are in the unknown, you know, it arises a lot of unpleasant feeling like fear, anxiety, stress, shame, a lot of shame. Yes, I don't know to answer, you know, as a leader, I thought I need to know the answers, but no, usually when I work with the manager, I'm telling them, you can't know all the answers. Even we thought like that, that a manager, a leader need to know all, all the answer. There's no chance nowadays that we know of it. This is the wisdom of the crowd, right? We need to be able to give it place and enable it to flourish and then find the accurate solution that is beyond every, each and every one of us. And it's interesting when I was in a company that I collecting information, so I was as an observant there. So when I saw it, it was amazing because the first time I saw it, there was a management development that a outsider consultant facilitated for the junior leaders. In this company, they had the value of open communication. So in this training, they started to talk with the consultant about the fact that they're actually afraid to talk. Because if they <laughs> talk, what will happen with their colleague in the USA? It was amazing. And then I liked the consultant because he was really authentic and he told them, look, he could continue give them, giving them tools how to communicate and how to lead, but it was really authentic and he felt the fear that arose in the room and he reflected upon it. He told them, look, I feel there's a lot of fear here from your colleague in the US. What do you say about it? It's, it's not a normal behavior or, or pattern. So he actually was really mindful and he gave place to the feeling that he wasn't speaking. Okay, he gave it place in the room. I even remember when I, I was uh, watching there with the HR. So when we went out, the HR told me, don't you think it was too much that he talked about the fear that was in the room? I said, no, actually, I really liked it. It wasn't pleasant for them, but it was really great, I think. And then what I liked in the company, they decided 
they had a meeting with the consultant, the leaders, and they decided to arrange an executive meeting to talk about what arose there, about the fear of communicating, about the closed communication they had. So also there I was sitting and listening, I observed, and it was really interesting. And they said there, and they started talking about the fact that they're not talking. So it also was a paradoxical, you know, because they talked about the fact that they're not talking, so they did talk. But and one of the managers said, why? I didn't know you don't talk about anything and you take everything under the rug. And people were really getting stressed and you, you can feel the anxiety arises in the room. And then someone dropped a pen and everybody laughed because, you know, it's a way to let them know. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the meeting, I was surprised because the CEO listened. It's not easy to listen to all this thing. You know, it's, we're talking about what doesn't work. It's not that we see, we show in a pink a picture. No, we're talking about what's the gap between where we want to be and what's actually happening. And then he said, you know, I understand that it wasn't a good practice. We need to change it now. We need to talk with them. We need to say what works for us, what not. Don't need to continue the way we acted till now. For me, it was amazing to see it because I don't think a lot of leaders can handle mm -hmm. this uncomfortable feeling, being with the mirror of what we, we don't do right and how we can change it. This is the issue. We need as leaders and as individuals to be able to be present, to be mindful, to also our thought, to our feeling, to the uncomfortable feeling and to be there, to pause with this unknown. And from this place, innovative and creative solution can emerge. Otherwise, we, as you said, we do more of the same. We mm -hmm. don't really listen to what's happening. We're working with our stories that we are telling ourselves in our mind. So I can tell myself a great story, but it's not connected to reality. I just realized that having this kind of meetings these days during this uh, pandemic and everyone working from home, it's easier because, you, sense? because you mute the the manager and it's way easier <laughs> for him or her not to jump you know with their own voice they really are forced to listen interesting i didn't think about yeah. it yeah the corona bought a lot of good things this is <laughs> probably one of them <laughs> so this is not please unmute yourself it's please mute yourself <laughs> yeah or you organize the meeting in the tool where not the boss controls who is muted who's yeah. not like in zoom i think you can mute someone and you know that's yeah. it you have to listen yeah yeah, true. Yes, but it's not sure that they're listening, you know, they can be... Yeah, uh, we, we leave the camera on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And they have to keep so the eye contact. Oh, as you said. <laughs> yeah. Karen, I wanted to dig a little bit into another topic that's very much related to the startup culture that's, that's so present in Israel. And this is the scale-up culture, because you have startups that are startups mm. to a point and then they suddenly have to grow very quickly. So they go from 100 to 300 or 400 or 500. And there the, the culture and the, the things that were holding the company together at the beginning uh, very quickly get dissolved. Mm -hmm. how, how can mindful, mindfulness and mindful leadership help with dealing with all the, this challenge? Well, actually, this is a tension when I talk about tension that the leaders need to hold between control and emergence, because at the beginning, when startup is in the first days, it's an emergence state of mind, right? It's a friend bring friend, everybody know everybody, informal communication, everybody is connected to the bigger picture, to the vision, there's a flavor of the culture of the people that are coming. So, you know, thing is really spontaneously, right? And then the company grows and it doesn't work anymore because they need to have structure. So they have to have more control 
otherwise it doesn't work. But if the leader will move to the extreme realm and be a bureaucratic company and everything will be now in process and in control, people won't stay there, as you said, because they like the flavor of the company. They like the, the energy, the header. So this is the main tension leaders need to hold when they're growing the company. How to maintain the essence of the culture, the trust that they had between people, the informal communication, the connection between people, and at the same time, find what structures are needed in order to scale, because you can't work without structures. So I think it's really important to be mindful to the, to the essence of the culture and to arrange a, a group that will take responsibility for the culture of the company and see what's important in the company, what uh, are the values of the company to delve a little bit into it and to see what we can do in order to maintain it. So it's part of growing. Some people will go and that's fine because actually the culture does change and people also change, you know. So or they're growing in alignment or they're growing to different places and it's okay. I always say it's okay. People are changing, organizations are changing. But for leaders, they really need to embrace the essence of the culture, the the core of the values they had, and to see how they maintain them and amplify them in order to engage the people that want to stay and feel connected to the culture and to the people. Mm-hmm. Well, you contrasted the in this example the emergence at the beginning with more of a control that you need uh, later. Right. But mm-hmm. I could also see it the other way around. Because if I'm a leader, like a founder of a, of a startup, mm-hmm. I do have very direct control over what's going on. And as you scale, you have, you know, 100, 200 people. Mm-hmm. You actually have to switch your kind of leadership mind towards emergence. Because now the, the ideas that you were normally putting in and, you know, all the knobs you have your hands on, you have to delegate that's, that. That's right. So moving from being hands on, they need to let go. Yeah. Create people that will take the leadership and bring their aspects and their viewpoint. So again, I think it um, comes at the end of the day to the ability to enable this dialogue spaces. To They need to empower the leaders, the, the manager to grow and to be able to manage their own teams and to let go of some aspect and to trust the leaders that they will do the work. And at the same time, they need to, to resonate their values, what's important for them and to engage the, the leadership team with the critical values and to direct them. So, you know, so there's a nice metaphor when people are standing on a balcony on a top of a building. If there won't be a fence there, they won't go to the edge, right? Because yeah. they will be afraid, afraid to fall. But once there will be a fence, they will go to the edge. And this is not a nice metaphor for leadership nowadays, because as I see it, leaders need to enable space to their employees to bring themselves fully, to bring the added value, and at the same time to direct them, to put boundaries. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, if we won't put boundaries, there will be chaos and they won't be able to manage it. So it's actually holding the tension between enabling and putting boundaries and directing. And once people know the direction and see the vision and the broader picture, they know where to go there. Mm-hmm. And you can direct them along the, the way. But at the same time, you enable them to, to fulfill themselves and you trust them that they will empower their employees and you will empower them. So I think this is the main challenge that leader needs to hold tension when they go in the business. They encountering a challenge of letting go, you know, because as a owner of a small business, I'm connected to everything. I'm hands on. And now I need to let go of some of the stuff and 
trust that the employees I recruited will know to do their work. So if I would to paraphrase it, that the, the leadership way is to put boundaries that direct people in the same direction or help them figure out which way to go. But then within those boundaries, you give them the autonomy and freedom to do their best work. Is, is this more or less what you're saying? Yes, I'm saying that they need to see the big picture, the vision of the company, okay? Yeah. But then give them place to bring their self fully. And this is the new leadership, mm -hmm. not working as a Kong in the machine, but enabling each and every one to bring as added value. So uh, give them a mission and they need to complete the goal the way they want to do it. Yeah. You can do it differently for me and that's okay. And now we need to check the, the outcome, not the way you did it. I can be there on the way if you want me as a, to consult, to ask questions, to direct you, but I will let you space to do it your own way. Mm -hmm. This is, I think, what people are looking nowadays to, okay. for this autonomy, for mastery, to know, to bring it their way. Mm -hmm. So that connects also with this wisdom of crowd. So if we hire enough smart people, we are betting on the fact that they together will be better at solving those challenges than a, a single person, however smart that person is. That's right. You know, I think as leaders, we need to be aware of ourselves, to our weaknesses and our strengths and bring people that are better in the aspect that we are weak. Just to switch gears a little bit, uh, I was curious when and how and where do leaders learn how to lead? And most of us as individuals, when are we transforming? It can be out of the pleasure of growing or when we encounter pain, right? When we do something that doesn't work for us, why are we laughing? A very, yeah. very good way of putting this in words. Yes. So obvious in hindsight. That's good, so I, I'm happy that you agree with me. For my professional viewpoint, when leaders are growing, when they usually, when all they want to grow and have a promotion and go in their own job, and usually they come to me when they encounter a problem when they can't engage the employees anymore, when they have a rough conversation with a partner and they can't get it on, when they encounter behaviors that doesn't serve them anymore and they don't know what to do differently in order to succeed. Usually, I think people grow and they feel they don't have any choice. Mm -hmm. they, and they need to move out of the comfort zone because we actually, we don't like to move out of a comfort zone. It's and called you know, comfort it, for a reason, right? Yeah, it's really comfortable there. <laughs> but you know, the magic occurs outside the comfort oh, yeah. zone. Also, it's really scary, you know, we, we don't like it there. But w once we go there, it's amazing. Amazing things are happening. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Have a lovely day. Have a great job. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you want to hear the full episode, you can listen to the podcast Catching the Next Wave. And you're invited to subscribe to our podcast, Mind Your Leadership, in order to know when we upload a new episode and follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and etc. Till then, take care and bye-bye.